Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us. It really helps other people discover us, and we always welcome feedback or communication via our social media, FWM Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, and Feminists Without Mystique on Instagram. And if you are so inclined, you can throw us a few dollars um, and support us on Kofi, K-O-F-I. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning to you. Here we are, a fine, bright morning. Yes, yes. It's. Uh, I'm looking and it's, it's cloudy in Seattle, shockingly, but it, since it's the summer, it'll probably clear soon. Yeah, it's sunny here. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's the weather update. That's <laughs> what you tune in for. That's what you tune in. How was the weather when they recorded? Now you know. Now you Moving know. Moving on <laughs> <laughs> well before we get to all the ways in which trump is in legal jeopardy and <laughs> long arm of justice will maybe reach to extend to him at some point um we just wanted to briefly um talk about salman rushdie's uh, attack which it looks like he's gonna survive um a really sad and scary situation he's um looks like he's going to be okay, but he might have lost. He, he was on a ventilator. He was attacked at an event in Chautauqua last Friday, attacked with a knife, was put on a ventilator, might lose an eye and seems to have nerve damage. And the attack, uh, yeah, the attack's going to have like a effect on him for the rest of his life. I'm not sure exactly the extent of it, but I think from everything I read, it looks like he's lucky to be alive in a particularly sad situation considering he was in hiding for a long period of time after his book, um, The Satanic Verses, which came out in like the 80s, I think. And then the Ayatollah put a fatwa on his, like, and was offering a large sum of money for his death. So he was in hiding for a long period of time for just for a book that he wrote. Um, We talk about censorship and and cancel culture, um, I think it's important to think about these like real world attacks that are happening um, to people uh, and yeah, the real, the real influence that, that um, violence has after that violence that follows speech. Yeah, absolutely. And apparently the um, attack suspect, which I mean, we know who it was because there's video, mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, apparently only read two pages of the book that inspired the fatwa so Mm. um, not that oh you read the whole thing all right now it's valid for you to do it but I feel like it's just another example of someone taking limited information and making rash decisions um, based on it and based on misunderstandings and misinformation and Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm glad he's going to be I just hit my glasses against the mic. <laughs> I know. I just did that with my coffee. <laughs> Whoopsies. Uh, so I'm glad he'll be okay in the sense that it looks like he'll survive. But, mm-hmm. you know, losing an eye, permanent nerve damage, might have permanent liver damage. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, none none of those are 
are minor things. So yeah, I think it's important to bring up too because it's a conversation. I mean, this is going to going to affect, and I think people have talked about this. Um, a variety of comedians have been attacked. Obviously, the Will Smith situation was different, but um, there have been other attacks. Um, I think Dave Chappelle was attacked on stage. Um, Kathy Griffin. I think um, maybe it was just that she was talking about it, but just like the real fear of getting on stage um, at this point, uh, not feeling like you have enough security, enough protections uh, against your against a would be attacker. And because of the spread of misinformation and sort of what's so frustrating to me is there's this this sense of there we're having a conversation about muzzled speech about people not being able to express themselves and yet those exact the, the exact same sort of extreme tendencies of the people who are complaining about that are also on the extreme version the same people who are violently attacking others for what they're saying mm-hmm. um and well i think a lot of you know a lot of what it's a comedian's job i i'm not gonna go fully into like the roar defending the first <laughs> amendment but it is sort of like people who are supposed to be pushing the envelope and it's oh that has always been a category that comedians for example or writers like Salman Rushdie you know they're expressing ideas that I think a lot of people based on their based on religion or for whatever reason are going to disagree with that never excuses violence that never excuses violence and while words can lead to violence like violence is violence you know um and and a knife in the throat is different than words on a page. Um, I'm definitely a believer in the idea that like words can lead to violence. Words hold power. Um, words can incite violence, but it's really important to take this and think like, think about, okay, like how do we prevent violence, violence? You know, Mm -hmm. let's focus on that. Let's focus on the fact I want, I want to live in a world and be moving towards a world where thinkers, writers, comedians, there's not a fear that they're going to be attacked for speaking at an event um, or on, yeah. at a show. So anyway. Scary times. Scary times. Okay. Trump. Oh, Trump, Trump, Trump. What have you done? What haven't what? you done? What haven't you done, man? Oh, where do you, I mean, should, let's, should we begin with the, the FBI raid on um, Mar-a-Lago? Oh, let's just- do it um as we had alluded to in the past uh on august 8th fbi search warrant at mar-a-lago where they took 11 boxes of classified documents including some that are top secret um the thing is back in january the national archives had removed 15 boxes from mar-a-lago which also included top secret (laughs) information Mm. um and a lawyer for Trump had said that all the classified material had been returned at that point after the January 15 boxes. Um, but there was probable cause that mm, there's some more stuff. Um, so that's what brought them back. And uh, the judge unsealed the search warrant, which let us know that the probable cause was that Trump had engaged in obstruction of justice, mishandled government records, and violated the Espionage Act. Yeah. Um, and the night before that was unsealed, it was reported uh, from the Washington Post that classified documents relating to nuclear weapons were among the items FBI agents sought. So, um, 
pretty cute, pretty cute. Loving to hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the experts are saying indictment is super strong possibility. And if he's found guilty of uh, violating the statutes cited in the warrant, he could go to prison for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trump continues to say he's done nothing wrong. People do this all the time. No big deal. Um, he also... <laughs> Apparently, according to reports, he suspects Melania is the mole, which oh wow, which pleases me. Um, whether or not it's true, right? I, I enjoy the thought of it. Um, and he also hasn't been able to get like decent lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> um, apparently, he's heard no a lot, and so his current legal team includes a Florida insurance lawyer who's never had a federal case. Past general counsel for a parking garage company and a former host at far right One America News. Wow. Oh, crack team on it. I love it. And I hope they're giving press conferences. They'll return to Four Seasons Total Landscaping. But maybe that's above them at this point. <laughs> that sounds about. No, they'll go to the parking garage. He's got a connection, you know. Right, right. Oh, oh my God. So good. Ugh, I hope that this is a situation where it's it's death by a thousand cuts for him. Like, I don't see a situation at this point. I mean, I feel so jaded. My little heart is so jaded with the amount of times that he's just so, so blatantly engaged in illegal activity so brazenly and without any sort of accountability. But it does seem like he might drown underneath all the variety of different investigations that are happening. There's investigations into his business, into his finances, and also into the the um, 2020 election results in Georgia, which also includes Rudy Giuliani, who also <laughs> seems to be in quite a bit of legal trouble. But yeah, no, so his, his businesses, we're, we're also supposed to hear, I think today, about the Trump Organization's former chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, who's expected to plead guilty to a 15-year tax fraud scheme and serve some jail time. People are kind of upset because it seems like it might only be six months of jail and he's not going to cooperate with the authorities against Trump, although he could testify if Trump or his adult children are ever charged. But people are super frustrated that it seems like he was able to kind of strike some sort of deal, Weisselberg that is, is able to strike some sort of guilty plea without having to cooperate with investigations against Trump. So that's frustrating. But then like... Trump was also last week. So the same week that his home was searched by the FBI, he was also under oath in New York. He and two of his adult children have testified as part of a civil investigation by the New York AG into whether the Trump organization misled lenders, insurers, and tax authorities. This was the case in which you might have heard Trump invoked his Fifth Amendment protection against self-incrimination over 400 times in one sitting basically only answering a question about his name. And this inquiry is separate from the criminal investigation of the Trump organization pursued by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. So we're talking about the New York Attorney General pursuing Trump's finances and the Manhattan AG pursuing Trump's business, the Trump organization and his business activities. Then there's the, just as a survey, just while we, while we let, like, let's just think about the whole like there's so many yeah yeah like let's look at the whole platter there's georgia's 2020 election results which have their own legal issues one of them also kind of 
erupted last week um, in Atlanta. Rudy Giuliani was uh, appear had to appear in front of a grand jury investigating Trump's efforts to find vote find votes. So this is remember that all those calls or the the recorded call where he said like I want you to find eleven thousand one hundred and one votes. It's like you can't do that in a democracy, and that should really be fucking a problem. So. Trump's effort to find votes and overturn Georgia's 2020 election results. So Giuliani, this is according to CNN, was described by reporters as defiant and exuding confidence. <laughs> um, this investigation is being conducted by the Fulton County District Attorney, and there's ongoing investigations there and a whole subset of legal legal activity in Atlanta or stemming from the the effort to interfere with the 2020 election results in Georgia specifically. The developments in Trump's um, efforts to interfere with the 2020 election broadly extends past Fulton County, which is focused just on Georgia. But the U.S. Department of Justice seems to be conducting a larger inquiry into January 6th. By the way, this is separate from the January 6th commission being investigated by Congress. So we're talking about just the DOJ appears to be conducting a larger inquiry um, into those events surrounding the Capitol insurrection. CNN reported earlier this week that former White House lawyer Eric Hirschman, who we've seen, you might have seen testifying in the January 6th committee hearings, is just the latest White House official under Trump to be subpoenaed by a grand jury. Now, <laughs> There's criminal cases, there's a civil inquiry, there's the January 6th investigations, there's election interference cases, and there's this most recent and probably the most public and damning classified documents inquiry that you were just talking about, which includes the fucking Espionage Act. Espionage. There are so many <laughs> fucking things. There are literally like half a dozen January 6th related suits and cases against him. Like three <laughs> suits just by Capitol Police officers against him. Um Plus two members of the Metropolitan Police suing him. Like, there's just so much going on. Um, Mary Trump is suing him. Um, yeah, right. Uh, for allegedly defrauding her out of millions of dollars. Um, there's Eugene Carroll is um, suing him for defamation, for calling her a liar when she alleged um, that he raped her. Uh, there's just, and like you said, there's so many, there's Trump organization things, 2020 election, like, yeah, half a dozen at least, January 6th related. <laughs> it's a smorgasbord. Like, mm -hmm. I feel comfortable saying there's at least or close to 20 active um, lawsuits and investigations into mm -hmm. this guy. And <laughs> there are people, um, like, his. I saw a lot of like people defending him and being like this doesn't happen like <laughs> and like it, referring to the the rating of mar-a-lago and mm. yeah well yeah this is the first time this has happened because this is the first time <laughs> that there's been this like all of these um these valid potential crimes like yeah espionage like hiding sneaky little nuclear um documents and records and it's just uh, and then there's i just when i was reading about this i was like ugh, lindsey graham so <laughs> he's 
Lindsey Graham is supposed to be a witness into the election interference um, Georgia criminal investigation. Mm-hmm. And he said he didn't want to testify. <laughs> and the federal judge says, you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm uh, looking forward to seeing what little what little Lindsey has to say um, to that. Because ugh, it's like, he can't get away with just not testifying, can he? He was saying some bullshit about how, like, but it's his job. He was just doing his job as a senator, and that should be protected. No, 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 Lindsay. That's not. No, not it. It's not. It's not it. And yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought up Lindsey Graham. I, uh, you know, I. I'm hoping that some of the people who have, just sort of an unforced error, kind of tried to kiss Trump's ass. Um, are going to also, f- I hope, fall in some sense if there were just a couple of people. And I think Lindsey Graham is an important one because he, not only because he's so, his whole about face, I mean, he initially was so against Trump, like a lot of the GOP, mm-hmm. Marco Rubio, you know, all those great quotes about the GOP going to shit and Trump destroying it. And then he totally changed his tune, has supported Trump every opportunity, even when it was totally uncalled for, Um, to the point where people, like, there was a daily episode that was literally, like, what, is he unwell? You know, like, what is going on with him um, after uh, John, his friend John McCain passed away? Um, It just seemed like he lost any thread of, like, moral character and consistency. Um, I think it would be important to see a couple of people, like, at that level, like, disgraced um for their behavior for their words for their um support of trump uh i think it's i think it's important (laughs) it's just important like it feels like words don't have any meaning anymore um it's funny i was just (laughs) not to bring up my rewatch of game of thrones again um but i was just rewatching it with um with campbell and we were in the end of season seven and john snow is talking about like people are like why you know have you ever like why can't you just tell a white lie occasionally it's like fine and he's sort of like because you know more people tell more lies and then you have suddenly there's no truth, just better and better lying. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we are at the point where we're living in like a government landscape where it's tough to sift out the truth. There's just better and better lies. And that is something that Trump, it was getting bad before Trump came on the scene, but he really ignited this toxic environment where now a bunch of, a bunch of Congress people who are probably going to be elected, including Carrie Lake in Arizona that crazy woman who just beat Liz Cheney in her primary in Wyoming. My God, these people, there are going to be at least, I think 10 election active election deniers that are going to be sitting in in U S Congress come November or come January. It's so scary. Yeah. Liz Cheney really got fucked for just basically speaking truth. Mm-hmm. Really, really lost by not an insignificant margin. Um, yeah. Which ugh, Wyoming make me nervous. They do um, make me nervous, guys. Least populated maybe. state in the country. Mm, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, uh. I don't know what to do with them. Um, but another piece that I, I want to circle back to this, but one yeah. thing I did want to mention um, that was breaking this week was that related to the the election Georgia 
was that there was a team of computer experts that were directed by lawyers that were allied with Trump. They copied sensitive data from election systems in Georgia as part of a secretive multi-state effort to access voting equipment that was broader, more organized, and more successful than previously reported. So, like, we knew there was some tomfoolery going on, um, but more came out on that as well. It just seems the more and more mm. info comes out, the, the worse it looks for, for Trump and his people. But in terms of, um, like, responses and and pushback and fallout, there has been... There have been threats now against the FBI mm-hmm. um, from people who historically have been very blue lives matter. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Pennsylvania, a dude in Pennsylvania was arrested and charged um, after he was making threats against the FBI on Gab, which is the right wing social media site, threatened to use the blood of FBI agents to water the trees of Liberty. Mm. Um, there've been all kinds of threats against the FBI and against you know anyone kind of participating in this um in in this in any of these <laughs> uh, investigations um against trump um and someone uh, i wish i had the quote of who said this but someone tweeted yes indicting a former president would be unprecedented you know it was also unprecedented the first attempted coup in the 233 year history of american democracy yeah um and there's also the hypocrisy of people saying, including Trump's team, um, that no one planted evidence and also saying that everything was declassified. Mm-hmm. So it's like, did you, <laughs> was this planted or was it there and declassified appropriately? And um, they alluded to the standing order of declassifying, but you can't. Like, presidents can't declassify documents related to, like, nuclear shit. Right. They're inherently classified. So there's just all kinds of misinformation and lies. Um, basically, everything supporting <laughs> Trump in all of this is um, false. There's no... That's why no one... That's my assumption as to why no lawyers want to uh, represent him. Yeah, go near him. There's no upside. There's no upside to that. And and Trump is now soliciting donations, too, which is just... Like, I'm sure what he's doing with the soliciting of donations is also Mm -hmm. illegal or not within the the bounds of election law, too. Um, Yeah, it's it's just like what Trump has claimed with the declassifying of all documents that the FBI seized is also legally... Um, irrelevant even the ones that are marked top secret it's not um, it's first of all no one can find any evidence like the New York Times has tried to investigate this this claim of the quote standing order that the materials removed from the Oval Office had and taken to the residents were deemed to be declassified the moment he removed them this has been read on Fox News and this has been repeated on um, I think OAN and Newsmax and all those like channels that are just shills for Trump. But this has not been confirmed by the National Archives. Um, there's no evidence at all that this existed. And national security legal specialists um, and lawyers for the National Security Agency have um, said that this is absolutely, they use the word preposterous, the idea that there was a standing order and that um, anything that Trump took automatically became declassified without logging it and notifying agencies is all just abs- like absolutely 
unfounded, preposterous, and bullshit. So yeah, like, and I want to take a moment just to acknowledge that if Trump goes down for the mishandling of classified documents and information after this whole nightmare we've been in since 2016 had to do with Hillary Clinton's email server, uh, which was, by the way, on a secure server, and there was nothing really that nothing really in those emails um, that was really classified. It was just like a couple of things <laughs> that were, you know, labeled classified. Um, and they were on her server that included the security of a presidential, former president at his home. It's but her emails, which will both be screaming into the void until probably we're <laughs> like in rocking chairs and, you know, 50 years. <laughs> I'm just still going to be screaming about her emails. But this is kind of one of those moments where I, I, I hesitate to get too kind of like excited as if this is going to be a grand circle back because that seems to never happen in the world that we live in. It's just, there've been so many moments where it's like, wouldn't it be great if that's what brought him down? And at this point I feel like nothing, like I don't even know that death is going to really like get him. You know, I just don't feel like anything is going to like bring this, this like it's almost like he's so monstrous that just like I don't know exactly what 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 will bring him down um but so I it's tough to get excited about this type of thing and also all of his supporters it's not like there's any like moral consistency where they would recognize like oh wow he mishandled information the same way we got upset at Hillary and screamed lock her up mm-hmm. you know so I don't really know it's it's tough to even feel feel too excited or too like well you know like Fine. smug about it basically yeah I'm cautiously optimistic just because there's so many yeah <laughs> lawsuits and investigations and potential charges and because he and his team are inept and it's not like he's got like this top <laughs> sneaky lawyer not that lawyers are sneaky but you know there's there's a subset yeah that can, that can spin things yeah but it's like i don't see how he could totally get out of this um that being said i think that even if he does go to jail for decades which i think is you know the quote-unquote best case yeah scenario here there yeah there's still his supporters and even if he died tomorrow we would be haunted by the ghost of him which is how he lives (laughs) on in his supporters and in like the rhetoric and in this this vamp ramping up of um misinformation accepted as reality to so many people who choose to believe objectively um ridiculous disproven shit rather than face the fact that they were wrong mm-hmm. and accept facts and new information as truth um it's like these people are like instead of reading everything and forming an you know informed opinion i'm gonna just like dive deeper into my weird little cult hole and Mm -hmm. believe whatever shit someone comes up with whether or not there's any even marginally believable factual basis to it so even if um he gets locked up and put away Mm -hmm. um 
his legacy will live on and the American democracy experiment I feel has was a little wobbly wobs um, yeah and I think him and his impact uh, unfortunately are to are to blame for part of that at least yeah don't know where this goes but even if justice reaches him in a real way for any of these different cases criminal civil Georgia his impact will live on forever in in forever as as long as American history uh continue american democracy <laughs> continues which as you say uh who knows how long who that's knows? gonna be although i do love the idea of him being held accountable and then all of a sudden like the curse or the spell is broken and his supporters open up their eyes and look around and they're like oh my gosh i know now i can see <laughs> uh you know and it, it every i've thought about this a lot which it feels like there's been so many moments over the last however many years where it would just take one conservative person who was a Trump supporter to just be like, I was wrong. And I, re- I, I, I think that we're going in the wrong direction and Trump is wrong for all these reasons. And all, all it would take is acknowledgement of reality. Like the bar is very low. It was sort of a Liz Cheney bar. It's like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be able to attack the U S Capitol, <laughs> you know, that's mm-hmm. wrong. And there should be consequences for that. Um, you, it doesn't really mean forfeiting any conservative values it's just it would just be a return to like hey you know what this whole denying reality thing and being an ugly asshole who thinks they're above the law like we're done with that or, or at least the party that I knew was done with that so I'd rather get back to debating Democrats um, on issues of small versus large government and all the things that conservatives like substantively supposedly believe wouldn't that be refreshing I, I feel like it would just take one prominent conservative to just do that and even if they did it for their own political career like it's depressing to me that even in self-interest they don't think that there's really anything valuable to be gained from doing that i mean look at liz cheney yeah what'd she gain (laughs) and she did the bare minimum she still voted with trump like 93 percent of the time while she was in office i mean Mm -hmm. so it's funny how I managed to make this bleak when actually this was supposed to be a fun one where we just like acknowledge. <laughs> <That's what we laughs> <did>. <laughs> it's like a good thing. Just take it, take it dark. But I guess it's just because I do worry. I think we are, I, I'm not sure what the midterms are really going to look like, although there's good evidence to say we'll lose both the house and the Senate. Um, ah, but like, and, and by the way, we'll lose for a variety of reasons that date back to decisions made or not made in the Trump administration with um, the U.S. Census, which because they kind of rushed through it with the pandemic and they sort of bullied people out of registering like a lot of um, understandably, a lot of people who are undocumented wouldn't want to register because they wouldn't didn't trust that government to even though the census is supposed to just do exactly what it says, just account for how many people population-wise are in the country. <laughs> in 2010 and then 2020, we've had super conservative um, majorities and that have kind of dictated and changed the maps to support conservatives and um, conservative rule. And there's been a lot more gerrymandering and that's been continued to be permitted. Um, the Supreme Court has totally stayed away from trying to put any guardrails around gerrymandering so we're in a place where just by virtue of 
it like the populations haven't really changed, but the district drawing, redrawing, and the census has changed how many representatives people have. And there's also a bunch of people who are just who seem to take their cue from Trump and think that election interference is actually totally fine and um, they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that conservatives are um, in power at the state and local level. Kind of got lost in my own thought there, but um, basically I I worry that uh, we're maybe going to still submerge under the weight of all these different like hopefully in the same way that Trump maybe is brought down death by a thousand cuts I mean democracy itself in this country feels like it could be too it doesn't Mm -hmm. you know it there are a lot of different things happening that undermine rule of rule of the people and election integrity and it doesn't I'm not seeing a strong case for broadly like democracy in the long term surviving healthfully unless some things really change and change quickly i would agree and it's uh <laughs> it's certainly um spooky to put it lightly kind mm-hmm. of takes the ground out from underneath you to try to think about the future when it is so unclear what that means in so many ways um Mm-hmm. country globally um really just so much so much going on i'm sure it's all gonna be great <laughs> <laughs> again i feel bad that um it was supposed to be a fun episode this was supposed there, to be kind of more fun <laughs> there was we, we we had our giggles and our chuckles at, at his expense. <laughs> it's just you know reality strikes reality strikes um yeah Oh man. Well, anything else we want to just touch on in our survey of Trump's legal, legal issues? I don't think so. The things that make me the most um, pleased when I think about it are envisioning him getting carted away to, um, to jail. Um, Mm -hmm. I enjoy him not being able to find a decent lawyer and I enjoy him thinking that Melania is the mole. Those all make me <laughs> just feel a certain kind of way. Yeah, I I really like thinking that he might run out of money. I love that. I feel mm-hmm. like he probably already has. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, and how 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 are his little kiddos doing? You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, his shit bag. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Baron excluded. We don't know shit about Baron. We don't know what his what his vibe is, but we know all the others are complicit. Yeah, I saw a funny tweet that was like <laughs> the day that the FBI was raiding Mar-a-Lago. Someone said like <laughs> Baron not looking away from his Xbox. Yeah, the safe's in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I love that narrative for him. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, all right, well. We'll we'll see how we'll see how things go. More more to come for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now for we see you. Alrighty, all of my we see yous are brief, and they're all flags about how the abortion Roe v. Wade situation. I'm so glad you're doing that. <laughs> so many so, tabs. <laughs> so I know. Um, mm. So for number one, we've got Florida. 
uh, where a pregnant 16-year-old is going to be blocked from getting an abortion. She had petitioned to terminate her pregnancy, um, citing both that she's a student and that she's unemployed as reasons she's not prepared to have a baby. And they, the court ruled that she wasn't mature enough to make the decision to have an abortion. So they blocked her from getting one. And I feel like the absurdity is pretty apparent there. You're not yeah. mature enough to choose to not have a baby. So you're mature enough to go through with a pregnancy and have a baby. Mm-hmm. I, mm, no. Uh, uh, you're not mature enough to make it a yeah, just gonna just gonna leave it there. It's pretty uh, not very subtle this one. Um, we see you. So uh, we see you. and apparently, oh, apparently, one um, judge said that it was a close call. Okay, fuck you. <laughs> like, right? Really? It was a close call. It was a close call. So, great. I'm so glad that you brought that one up. That's so enraging. So enraging. Let's just mm-hmm. continue to think about who is mature enough not to make a decision about their own body, but then to have a whole lifetime of being a parent thrust upon them. Right. Or even if you give them up for adoption, it's like to be pregnant, you have to be mature enough to make certain choices that aren't going to like harm the pregnancy, you know? Right. Just because your body is technically, you know, capable of producing a life doesn't mean that you are ready to make that decision yeah Hmm. so cool uh um okay so this one really pissed me off um shocking we're in the we see you section um but so you may remember WeWorks Adam Newman there's been books and documentaries about how he um, you know, he's the founder of WeWork, but basically WeWork was a model that didn't really make any money and he was a failed entrepreneur and he just like was able to kind of charm and scam people um, with his WeWork idea and it cost investors billions, the company failed, and he still got hundreds of millions um, in a um, little umbrella to leave the company after fucking all the employees and investors. So he's a scam artist and you are free to Google all of the documentaries um, or the documentary on Hulu. And there's also a um, show that stars like Anne Hathaway and um, now I'm going to forget the guy. But anyway, there's like a doc- – it's the whole thing. It's the whole Elizabeth Holmes thing. This guy's a scammer. Anyway, um, news just came out that he raised – this guy, Adam Newman, raised $350 million for a new venture. Um, so it's a new real estate company. And um, it's the definition, I think, of like um, just this, the, the way that scam artists in Silicon Valley, men mostly, um, will are able to fail upward. Um this investment, uh, there are a couple in the tech world, at least from a couple of the articles that I was reading, it's it's specifically offensive to um, women in Silicon Valley. Um, uh, Inc.com points out that companies founded solely by women in 2021 took took in just 2.3% of the total capital invested in startups by VC firms. And this is despite years of women speaking up against um, this pattern matching bias in Silicon Valley. Um, And there are even like female focused funding for VC, but there's nowhere near the amount of 
um, money that goes towards female founded uh, venture capital. Um, and meanwhile, there's this, you know, this asshole Adam Newman who really, by all accounts, has um, fucked his previous company, WeWork, and the employees and the um, investors there. And he was able to quickly raise $350 million, um, from a company called A A sixteen, um, and uh, it's just sort of depressing to me. Um, and there are lots of uh, women who are writing about how frustrating it is for a variety of reasons. Um, Amanda Goats um, said on Twitter. Um, me can't raise capital for proven supplement company with over one million in sales. Uh, Adam Newman sneezes a new idea and gets three hundred and fifty million from A sixteen Z. I hate it here. Um, she, I think, is the founder of House of Wise, um, and a woman with like a proven. It's a CBD supplement company that looks like it actually was successful. I was following her on Twitter. Um, if I was following her, it must have been successful. But no, it seemed like she actually had a, a real business with. Um, proof of concept and success um, and and something actually out in the market that people were buying. Um, Amy Sterner Nelson, founder of The Riveter um, co-working space, said Elizabeth Holmes is going to federal prison following a jury verdict that she made material misrepresentations to investors. And Adam Newman has raised over $400 million this year. Don't ever ask me why I think America hates women. Um, so yeah, it's just sort of like disgusting to me that this man is getting a second chance. He really should be in jail too, along with Elizabeth Holmes. Like there should be real consequences for these men who, uh, and for, and for everyone. I mean, I also think there should, I'm glad that there are consequences for Elizabeth Holmes, but um, there's obviously a gender bias in Silicon Valley and the dollars are flowing mostly in one direction. And um, this is like the venture capital uh, arena seems really depressing. I don't know very much about it, um, but I do know that, like, from a very basic level, Adam Newman is someone that anyone with two brain cells should not be giving money to. So if they lose all their money, they deserve to lose it. We see you. We see you. Yeah, the whole venture capitalist thing just feels like a lot of fake money being thrown around. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> so moving over to Louisiana, um, where Nancy Davis went to her um, first ultrasound in her first trimester, and they noticed that the fetus had um, a crania, which is when the majority of the skull is missing. And it usually um, also will mean, you can't always tell in the first ultrasound, but usually means parts of the brain will be missing. And with a crania, there's a 100% chance that they will die. Even if they are born, they usually die within a few hours, sometimes days, but it's not um, just, you know, not a condition that's that can exist with life. Yeah. Um, so she she already had a kid she had been excited about the pregnancy but because she was in Louisiana um, her options were either to carry the pregnancy to term or to go out of state for an abortion um, and while the ban in Louisiana does not have exceptions for rape or incest they do have certain medical exceptions but a crania wasn't on the list it's an incomplete list mm. that someone smacked together slapped together that included some conditions but not others so because of this oversight um this condition which is you know 100 percent chance that the, they could not survive not included so this person has to decide 
whether they're going to carry a pregnancy and give birth to a child that cannot live or if she will be able to find the means to go to another state but at this point she's now in the second trimester because of all this so that makes it even harder there'll be less states that are available to her um so this is again another example of why this fucking abortion uh, ban is bullshit and is not helping or serving anyone um, no so we see you once again we see you um, on the abortion front. Uh, there has been widespread reporting, basically, that colleges can legally reveal student abortions. Um, it's totally unclear exactly what the law protects and in which states, um, and it's leaving it to colleges to navigate these uh, legal landscapes, which are confusing as different new abortion laws take effect throughout the country. For example, in Michigan, um, the Student Health Center has to prepare basically for like a, either a complete statewide ban or less extreme changes. Um, and so uh, healthcare providers at the University of Michigan's Ann Arbor Health Center are um, giving people different answers to different students at different times, just depending on who it is and, and what, their, what their understanding of the law is or where it will be in a couple of months. So FERPA, the Family Education Rights and Privacy Act, um, is basically a law that, as one um, college professor said, is about as protective as cheesecloth, just because it's unclear um, how the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act protects students who are seeking abortions and students who have sought abortions. There are loopholes in the law that would allow colleges to disclose student abortions, and in certain states, that puts them at risk of arrest. The Biden administration hasn't been clear about making sure that this loophole is closed, um, and it just also means that not only are they maybe at risk for being criminally prosecuted, but they uh, potentially the college that themselves could retaliate um, just kind of depends on who gets access to this medical information from the student's medical information. It's not a hypothetical. It's it's something that counselors at colleges are making students aware of. And also it's the people that are like in Texas, for example, the, the people who are helping others get abortions. They live in a state where now it's um, there's an aiding and abetting uh, law where people who counsel, like it, for instance, a therapist, um, you could sue the therapist who gave the counsel about the abortion, the roommate who provided the pills or helped drive them. And then there's that $10,000 bounty to reward any of the nosy fucks who want to prosecute. Um, so it's um, frustrating to me considering how seriously we take medical privacy and um, HIPAA in other contexts, but um, FERPA seems to have significantly less protections for students. Um, so, uh, for, for example, like one, um, student who was raped as a freshman at the University of Oregon, for example, had her therapy notes seized by college lawyers, uh, before she filed suit against the school. She said she found out months later that every single meeting I had with a therapist, she took detailed notes on and the University of Oregon had read these notes before I had even seen them um and uh 
in 2005, a federal court ruled that uh, a school who notified a student's parents about her pregnancy had not violated her privacy under FERPA. So there's hugely inadequate protections. This is, I'm now reading from um, Jessica Valenti's um, Substack letter here. Um, but uh, it's important that um, we close this loophole so that uh, students um, who are already the most at risk in a lot of cases for these um, abortion bans, um, they're, they're a group that are more likely to have unwanted um, pregnancies and they're very financially insecure in a lot of cases. We have to make sure that this is a population of people that are have their medical um, histories and their medical privacy protected. I mean, we're not even giving them in a lot of cases access to actual reproductive health care. Now we're telling them we all you're all, also just your information, your notes with therapists, your medical privacy is also totally fair game. So um, we see you to that element of, you know, legal legal non-protections happening for students. We see you. Um, how the therapist notes is just an extra. Mm. Extra, extra level there. Yeah. Um, All righty, West Virginia. Mm. So I've heard often the Republican or the, the GOP, grand old party, um, <laughs> support of overturning Roe v. Wade has to do with turning it back to the states, let the states decide. But like, who in the states? Um, not the voters in the states, because the uh, good old governor of west virginia jim justice which sounds mm. um fake is denying a request to put the abortion vote to the people um you know probably saw what happened in kansas mm. and said uh not gonna do it so when you say you believe in states rights it's not about actually empowering the people in those states to decide what they believe should be law it's up to the the dude yeah <laughs> that one guy even when um it goes against what the people actually want which is interesting when you're represented to elect the people I'm not really sure how those mental gymnastics work mm -hmm. it almost feels like it's not about the people and the constituents but that, yeah that can't be that, that can't, can't be. be um but we see you to Jim Justice, what a name. Ugh, we see you. We see you, Jim Justice. Oh, my God. Okay, my last one is um, we, uh, we see you to Brad Pitt. There's been some news on the last day that come out from um, FBI documents that reveal more information about Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's uh, 2016 plane incident. Uh no charges were filed against Pitt after an investigation by the FBI and the L.A. County Department of Children and Family Services. But the details of the report um, in which Brad Pitt um, physically assaulted Angelina Jolie, accused her of ruining the family, accused uh, or like set, described their son Maddox as like seeming like he's a fucking Columbine kid, quote, like. Yeah, uh, and um, and like pouring beer on her, um, while she had a blanket on her and over the kids, and not letting them leave the plane for twenty minutes, all seem pretty fucked up. Um, so this is uh, this is something that apparently um, there was there's been an ongoing legal battle, 
um, and Angelina Jolie was um, okay with basically having this report publicized via the um, Free Freedom of Information Privacy Act, um, which also corroborates um, the FBI report. And there were also apparently other people like outside of the family that witnessed this. Um, so um, there were no criminal, char- even though there were no criminal charges ever filed, um, Jolie did file for divorce in September 16, citing um, irreconcilable differences as the reason for the split. And um, yeah, so it's uh, this just is a really ugly report of all of the different stuff that he said there's like a lot of different verbal abuse and there's physical abuse and he apparently like punched the plane like four times and um he has said that he struggles with alcohol and in 2017 he stops stopped drinking but it still seems like this behavior is was like abusive behavior and verbally and physically abusive and um it just uh is pretty ugly. Like it makes him look like a total asshole. I mean, I'm trying to find the quote of, of the actual physical abuse. Okay, here it is. So Pitt allegedly quote, grabbed her by the head, her Angelina Jolie shaking her followed by grabbing her at the shoulders and shaking her. And then he punched the ceiling of the plane approximately four times. Um, according to the report, at least one child witnessed the confrontation and asked, are you okay, mommy? Before Pitt allegedly yelled, no, mommy's not okay. She's ruining this family. She's crazy. Um, Someone else on the plane shot back at Brad Pitt. It's not her. It's you, you prick. Um, Jolie said she had to grab her husband around the neck to keep him from attacking that person. And then Pitt spilled wine on a plane chair, causing $25,000 of damage before he also poured beer on her and the blanket she was under with her children. Um, And someone said that Jolie didn't want to get a different blanket after that because she didn't want to bring attention to them, which is like a really sad detail. So it's like you just sat there with like a beer stained wet blanket on you and your children because you didn't want to draw more attention to it. Awful. Um, Jolie said that when the plane landed, they were unable to deplane with Pitt Pitt allegedly erupting. You're not fucking going anywhere. You're not getting off this fucking plane. Fuck you all. I'm fucking leaving you. Um, anyway, um, charges were never actually filed against him, but this FBI report, um, and other reports by witnesses corroborate the whole thing. Um, and it just makes sense that she immediately like filed for divorce after that behavior. Um, anyway, makes Brad Pitt look like a fucking asshole. And, um, we see you to Brad Pitt. (laughs) We see you got some really, some of those details. Yeah, rough. Um, for a one of the good things, at least, um, yeah. R.I.P. Medical Debt, which is a nonprofit um, that basically frees people from the medical debt thousands of people at a time. So they buy bundles of delinquent hospital bills, um, and then they just erase the obligation to repay them. So people just get this thing in the mail, and it's like, hey, <laughs> no more debt. Um, so they have wiped out 6.7 billion dollars in medical debt already and they're still going so i just uh, i think that's really it's absurd that that has to be a nonprofit. yeah that people incur medical debt in in this way um we need to fix the healthcare system which is broken but Mm -hmm. over six billion dollars damn good work 
Good work, work. fine people. (laughs) Good work, fine people. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. This might be the first time that we had exactly the same thing without. Girl, look at us. Synced up. Synced up. All right. Well, good good for us and our good good thing. Uh, Feminists Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast. Bye. Bye.